to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. This is the Ticket Water Cooler portion of the show brought to you by Coligan Water. Give Coligan a call if you're curious about getting your water softener salt delivered to your home or business. Call today at 402-251-2309 or go online to coliganlincoln.com. We were just talking about, uh, well... I guess the news that just happened is that Nebraska has lost uh, one of their better recruits from the last season. They had um, three, four stars, uh, according to uh, rivals, at least. And uh, now one of them is gone. Um, it's a tough name to say. Wyndon, can you tell me? Hohuli. Hohuli. Okay. Yes. Just, just go right through that last name. Uh, Wyndon Hohuli, a linebacker out of Hawaii, uh, announced his transfer today. The other two stars for, or four stars from that group were Thomas Fedone and Teddy Prohaska. So those guys, obviously, you expect to, to see in the future. But it's it's been kind of a um, hard a hard get to get the four stars, obviously, out of high school the last two classes. Uh, and then like three classes ago, they had like eight of them, but half of those guys left as, as well. So it's tough to keep those guys. And, and that's part of the, the, the dangers of the transfer portal, especially when you when you kind of get that fourth star. Um, you kind of think you're on top of the world, right? You have all these these guys going after you in high school. Uh, and then, you know, we're seeing all these people hit the transfer portal and how many of them are going to get more offers and um, get as much love as they wanted to. I mean, uh, and hopefully, you know, he finds a landing spot. A lot of these guys are, but they're, you know, some of it's just not not the same as they probably expected, uh, the same amount of love that they were getting in high school. I will also say that, you know, there's a chance that they got here and they weren't as good as a four-star rating would imply. Right. I'm not saying that's the case for any of the four-stars you just talked about, but there certainly, you know, have been some things revealed about how players get rated on recruiting services that would suggest that maybe it's not the most reliable way to uh, track uh, or predict how well a a player is going to produce at a given university but certainly they have been accurate for the most part and they are somewhat reliable to the point where you know when there's a five star like Kayvon Thibodeau who's number one recruit in the country goes to Oregon and he's going to be the number one pick this year or number two pick depending on depending on what the Jags decide to uh, do there so um it's an it's unfortunate, and I do follow recruiting fairly closely. And so every time a a, fo- a former four star transfers out, it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow because you remember <laughs> that guy uh, announcing that he was committing to Nebraska, and you think it's going to be a program changer. I I, I used to drink the Kool Aid, Bach. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And we did we were we would have seen Thomas Fedoni uh, this year, but he had a season ending injury. And then Teddy Prohaska, we actually saw up up until I believe the Oklahoma game, and he was very good on the offensive line, and it was probably the best that that line has looked under Frost. So. Uh, those two four stars certainly seem to be working out for Nebraska so far. <laughs> as long as they don't get season-ending injuries. Correct. <laughs> but that's what's happened so far. Some of it just it seems like there's there's kind of this bad luck around the program, too. And, and I remember Frost saying that and people going off on him as well as they should because I don't think the coach should be the one to say that. Um, but it is also is also true at times. It's just the ball doesn't bounce the right way. That that can maybe make up, um, you know, a, a game or two here and then over the the tenure. But uh, obviously, fifteen and what is it, fifteen and twenty nine or whatever his record is overall, uh, that's more than just luck. I think. 
I told you to avoid those numbers, Bach. Oh, those numbers are, are tough to when we're talking about Kool-Aid. Um, but uh, we do. This is, uh, you know, th- I, I think that I'm going to have to lead the Kool-Aid from from this uh, station. I suppose Connor Happer used to be the Kool-Aid guy. Um, I Again, I, I, I'm kind of changing my persona because I used to be um, the one that would poke holes at everybody predicting eight and nine wins. Um and now I just I, I think at three and nine I don't know how much I can poke holes at at whatever you know I, I think it's time to just improve get better and uh, so I was actually able to catch up to Rihanna and ask her um, you know what what do you do when you can't quite buy into the hype or have uh, you kind of have trouble drinking the Kool Aid uh, pretend fake it yeah I mean why not it's either that or cry myself to sleep who wants to do that yeah so see Rihanna's just gonna pretend and drink the Kool Aid and, and and go forward with uh, believing the Husker football program said in the right direction you really had to be questioning i thought uh, i thought there was a person who used to work here called rihanna so i was like <laughs> wait for you to read some statement or something no i'm just gonna try to blend in some tiktok trends here, here now and see if people notice um i didn't catch up to rihanna that's a t- that's a tiktok interview <laughs> I, I figured i figured he didn't know the uh the leading female uh artist in terms of record sold so yeah no i don't know if it's true or not when i was like when she first uh like bursted out um, you know, you could do this with anybody. You try to be like Facebook friends. This was before like social media was too popular. It was like 2006 or eight or something like that. Uh, and my friend's little sister was able to, I think, like friend request her on Facebook and actually got a response. But I don't know. I don't know if that was actually her. But this was this was way before she blew up. So it possibly could have been. But uh, I'll never know if that's true. And it's, it, I just don't think I'll ever be able to talk to Rihanna, unfortunately. As as the driver of the ticket water cooler, we should be concerned that you're also the one that's hottest on the Kool Aid. You could poison the ta- <laughs> you could poison the tank. I just don't know how bad it can get, though. I mean, maybe it, the, the worst that happens is that you're kind of excited for your football team. Isn't that how it's supposed to be? Do you want to dread all off season? The, and again, like like as much Kool Aid as I can try to pump into people. Three and nine. So you know, if if they end up not being very good, what did you expect? What did you want? What do you want me to do? That's I don't. Ex- I don't exist with a cloud over me the entire <laughs> off season. I just don't. I just don't live through the entire off season with a a unrealistic optimism and and excitement. I, I'm I'm excited for the next football season, and I want to see the Huskers play. It's I love watching the Huskers play. It's just I'm not overly optimistic well just join me in being and and this isn't going to be the show model cautiously optimistic cautiously optimistic sounds like the best way to go you were cautiously optimistic and look what's happened to you (laughs) (laughs) i've turned i didn't i didn't used to be optimistic the kool-aid comes for us all (laughs) i well i just i'm i'm there is one thing i mean and and we'll talk about this later too once uh, strict comes in is that and, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday is that the spring game and just the spring is going to be quite a bit of fun because there's so many new parts. I mean, so many, just everything's open, right? I mean, so many new coaches that's going to like kind of leave it open. We already heard um, from, uh, you know, the wide receiver coach that, that, you know, any depth chart is written in sand. So, you know, it's starting over uh, anybody who's, who's kind of worked, um, to to their spot that they're on now it, it's starting over so it's it's just saying open competition at so many spots and then additionally 16 new guys coming in prominent guys for the most part guys that you reach to the portal for um and expect to immediately impact this team and then of course the biggest one is the open quarterback competition which we we can assume casey thompson's going to be the guy to get it but i would think in the same light if, if you run through the drills and you go 
gosh, that other guy kind of looks like he's got a handle on it. You know, maybe you go with him. You don't go with the promise. That obviously um, people would, would point back to Sam Keller, who was just kind of handed the job. A lot of the teammates thought Joe Gantz was better, um, uh, kind of earned it in camp, but Sam Keller was the promised guy. Of course, had started at Arizona State, already had some experience at a high level, um, and was even uh, the the scout team player of the year, the year that he had to sit out. Back then when he transferred, he had to sit out a year. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, I mean, it, so I think there's a possibility that happens. I almost hope not because I think that means Casey Thompson is looking bad as opposed to somebody else elevating. But uh, uh, it, it will be interesting, especially keep your eye close on, uh, on those spring games. I was doing that a few years ago with uh, – um, Noah Vedral, and I was not very impressed with Noah Vedral in the spring game. Turns out he's pretty good, and he's coming back to Rutgers for another year. Did you see that? Yeah, he's a captain. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are you excited? Are you excited for another year of Noah Vedral Rutgers football? No, because my roommate is probably the biggest Noah Vedral fan ever. So you get like the one highlight when you're watching a Nebraska game. You know, Adrian just stalled. Adrian just piloted a drive that stalled at the. The Nebraska's 45-yard line, they punted, and now Ohio State's taken over. You go to break, and they do a studio update, and, oh, no, Vedral, 22-yard touchdown run or something like that. Yeah. And then my roommate's like, see, <laughs> we should have started him. I was like, that was – that was like, and then they'll show a stat line, and he's, he's you know, 11 for 18 with a, an interception, no touchdowns. You're like, well, it's a very average stat line. I, I don't I don't know yeah. if that's – I don't know if that's the uh, – the, uh, like, I don't think that's pushing the needle over the top. Yeah, no veteran solid, but I don't think they're – I mean, it would be great to have him as, as the backup, obviously, at Nebraska for as long as they could. And maybe even it would have helped if, you know, they, they did want to bench Adrian Martinez maybe two years ago more so than this past year if he would have been able to step in instead of the Luke McCaffrey experience. Um, but – um, overall, I don't think that you, you're winning or t- losing too many you know, different games there. I think Adrian probably gives you better statistics overall. Noah might be more safe, but uh, and maybe that could have been used in certain games. But, yeah, he didn't, he didn't blow it up at Rutgers. He did good enough to re- return as a starter again. I, I, I think a, a Noah Vedderal versus Adrian Martinez discussion is kind of like, would you rather have a higher floor or a lower ce- and a lower ceiling yeah. or a higher ceiling and lower floor? Because I, I certainly think there could have been some games where Noah Vedrill avoids the mistake that ends up costing Nebraska the game. Maybe he doesn't throw four interceptions against Purdue, but also maybe Noah Vedrill doesn't keep you as close against an Ohio State or an Oklahoma or even Michigan at that uh, to that point. And so maybe you end up going to a bowl game with Noah Vedrill simply because he avoids that that mistake in the in the game against a lesser opponent. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe maybe doesn't throw four touch four interceptions against Purdue or something like that, and, and that that might have been ultimately right when we look back at it, it's like I don't think it would have made much of a difference. But you're right. I mean, in, in small differences could have made a big difference this past year. Um, you might not feel as good about the program, but when you know when you go three and nine, it's hard to be like, well. And I like the discussion, like how much does Adrian mean to the team? And all year long, it was like, yeah, they wouldn't be anywhere close to where they are with or without him and then they finished three and nine it's like well what would they have gone without adrian well probably three and nine or possibly better i mean it's hard to do much worse than that <laughs> yeah and that, that that's what makes it very difficult to defend adrian as somebody who thinks very highly of him and and does think that he is a, a talented football player oh yeah uh, we just, all saw it you know penchant for mistakes in the worst moment um and so you know there, nothing he could have done to you know stop a, a punt return a clutch punt return against michigan state that wasn't an adrian thing an Adrian thing was he did throw throwing an interception at, afterwards in that game. Calm down, Buck. It was the punt <laughs> the return that, that that did it. Well, the interception really sealed. Throws four interceptions against Purdue. Has the the fumble against Michigan. Maybe those were things that Noah Vedral avoids. But I I don't I don't know if it would have been a drastic difference in the season. 
the one thing that Nebraska, uh, an anti-Adrian person could say is, you know, Nebraska's season hinged on 17 plays. There's a, there's a YouTube video that is titled the 17 plays that made Nebraska season or, or, you know, yeah, that would, that, and, <laughs> and so maybe Noah Vedral handles those 17 plays differently, but who's to say he handles the hundreds of others the exact same way to get to the exact I same I don't situation. see him running for 75 yards for a touchdown, you know, and, and, and Adrian did that a few times. So Adrian is certainly a good player, and I can't wait to see what he does at Kansas State, but it was just, it almost, it, it just got to the point where the hope had, had kind of fallen out, and so I'm glad that they both decided to split ways, but I mean, it, it really was, like, I, I started, like, you started to think about different, like, okay, you know, we know third down running backs, should we have, like, a fourth quarter quarterback or, like, a, you know, uh, red zone quarterback or a difference, you know, maybe go into the wildcat there because it was so inefficient. A lot of that too was just not having a reliable field goal kicker that that's buried them two years now under the frost era um, where, you know, you even get to like the 25 yard line. You're still, Oh, we better go for it. There's no, and, and, or they would still trot their kicker out there and just miss it and have no shot uh, to make it. But I think that is, try it. that's, that's part of the discussion is how bad the uh, kicking game has been. Cause it does, it does kind of take it out of, out of play. Uh, when you get down into that area of the field where maybe Frost goes for it on a fourth down and, and there's a they don't they don't get there they turn the ball over where they could have three points because there were a couple of games where you know they they had good drives and if they had a reliable Alex Henry type field goal kicker it could have changed the game I can't wait to just uh, reminisce about this three and nine team and what could have went different all year long um, I think a lot of it is 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 when once they once they switched obviously made the decision at three and seven to make all those coaching changes um, you know the hope is to start to turn over the new page right look toward the future. But it's a long off season. We got a lot of radio to fill, so there's going to be a lot of looking back for us as well. Um, and it, it's still like the further away we get from it, the more I'm convinced that was a pretty good team <laughs> that would just not beat anybody. And that's what what made it difficult is because when you talk about that, um, you kind of get into okay, well, if they're a good team, would they have beaten North Carolina? You know, just a six and seven team from a different conference or you know where to you know throw whatever measurement you out there and then you go I think they would have played well with them but the, the whole thing is not that they would beat them it's that they would be look good against them they wouldn't beat anybody they don't beat anybody they lose in the end uh they even like the the one <laughs> win that they did have or one of the wins they, they they did have they ended up scoring 28 points when they should have had like 56 um so against Buffalo so it was just a uh, man what a mess and and a lot of talent for that mess of a football team, as we know, as they as they push a lot of those top ten teams to to the to their barrier, but lots of talent on the team, but just couldn't get a win, and I think that speaks to the strength of the Big Ten Conference, Spock. Oh gosh, here we are again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you you just played right into my uh, hand. There. How about Northwestern? Was there a lot of a? Uh... Hey, you can't take the worst <laughs> team in the conference and use that as the example. All right, you can't take the worst. You can't take the worst. You can't take the best. You got to take the middle. Well, how about the fact that there's only one Big Ten West team ranked by the end of the season? Hey, that's just the speech to the strength of the conference. <laughs> they're eating each other alive. They're also they're also they so were. talented that the games are just so close, no one can dominate. You'd have to give a shout out. Purdue didn't get to uh, get to the top twenty five in the end, but a nine win season that's a pretty big deal. Well, that's the exact thing. You can't tell me that a nine win SEC team with two top five victories would not end the season ranked. That that team would be like fourteen or higher, yeah. but Purdue because especially it's, if it's Auburn, Auburn always does exactly. that exactly. <laughs> but Purdue because it's Purdue, they're not ranked because they it took them both of those wins to get to the top twenty five, and then the moment they lose a the game after that, it's like okay, they're done, their well, time is done. But but 
you know, on Ole Miss and Auburn, they get they get those two top five victories. They're a top ten team suddenly as a two loss team. Then they lose a the game, they fall to like fourteen, and then they just went out for the rest of the season, and they hover around fourteen to ten. It's it, it, the, the SEC gets every break in the poll. It does because it ultimately wins national championships. So oh, when when you oh watch gosh, when Bob. you watch the and it has the most NFL draft picks, all the All yeah, Americans, forgot, all I that for, sort of I stuff. Forgot Ole Miss, Mississippi State were just running the, the NCAA. I forgot Tennessee was just you know powerhouse. South Carolina powerhouse. Vanderbilt powerhouse. I forgot. <laughs> Box. Sorry. Do, you, do I have to go through the Big Ten to do that as well? There's only a few top brand names in every conference, um, but. Again, three out of the last three years, well, three different SEC teams have won national championships. I don't know how you're an SEC one of them, denier one at of this them, point. One of them won a national championship each of those years. Okay, not the not the other thirteen. Yeah, but that's so you three can't, you different can't just teams. give the, you can't just give the championship to the other thirteen teams in the conference. If you and do say, SEC or the field, who's won national titles the last three years? It's the SEC three times, not just the Big Ten. The rest of the nation doesn't have one. So every year they've had the best team in college football. Let's talk about the other 13 in the conference, okay? Okay. And, and, and one year, one of those years, Big Ten got left out of the college football playoff. Ohio State, number five, okay? Maybe they maybe they get in the playoff, win a national championship. It's it's it's, it's that SEC bias. It's it's the politics of the poll that's give, keeping the SEC afloat. It's all a mirage, Bach. The tinfoil hat can come down from the ceiling and go on right on top of my head right now. I don't care. The SEC gets every break. They're like the Tom Brady of the NCAA. I don't even know what that means. Tom Brady he, led the na- led the league in passing yards. Well, he admitted touchdowns. he admitted that he gets breaks from the refs and he can abuse officials like other players can. Mm. That's what I mean by that. Okay. Well, so keep- they're both just incredibly great and the best in their sport, but they also get a little breaks. I do agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady is not the best quarterback in the NFL right now. He led the nation. Just at, like the SEC le- is not the I best. I keep conference. saying nation. He led the league in passing yards. Yeah. Who's winning the MVP though? <laughs> Yeah, we'll see who wins the who is NFC. A, who is AP All-Pro first team? Have fun with your Aaron NFC Rogers. championship loss. And- Whoa! Didn't realize you were a Bears fan. Didn't realize you were a Bears fan. <laughs> we'll see that coming around the corner. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the NFL playoffs a bit. Uh, the top uh, names we're looking forward to seeing this weekend. That's coming up next year on the Ticket Water Cooler, brought to you by Culligan Water on 93.7 The Ticket.